You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, and I'm a Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so does not cost you a single cent and ensures you never miss another episode. Before we kick off this episode, I do want to tell you about one of our other great podcasts because you need more hockey news and Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the league. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps. Subscribe to Locked On NHL today wherever you get your favorite podcasts. On tonight's episode, uh, originally I had planned to do a lot more coverage of the 2021 NHL draft from Winnipeg's perspective, but I'm going to devote some time to it and then talk about the moves that the Jets just made in uh, actually within the past hour or so. And then I'll explore some of the implications of what both deals might entail for the Jets going forward. Kicking us off, let's start off with the, uh, the first round pick from the Jets, which is Chaz Lucius. Now, a lot of folks immediately kind of fell for Lucius because of his name. Chaz Lucius is just very unique when it comes to hockey players, and a lot of people are like, wow, we have a Chaz Lucius. That sounds super cool. More in like the Mimi sense than anything, but in terms of the actual player and prospect himself, Chaz is a really, really good prospect. When he was giving his interview with, I think, The Athletic or something, what stuck out to me was a couple of different things. It sounds like he has a really good work ethic, which his previous coaches have mentioned. It also sounds like he has a relentless desire to improve, and certainly somebody who understands his shortcomings, and it seems like he's very dedicated to trying to fix them. If that reminds you of a certain Winnipeg player back in his prime, then yes, you probably are thinking of the same guy that I'm thinking of, which is prime Mark Shifley, back when Shifley was very much talking about how much of a hockey nerd he was, and his career was on the upswing. So, in a lot of ways, that that's very much the first person that I thought of. And in terms of his actual game, Lucius might share a couple of things with Mark that maybe some people weren't looking for. The first is that Chaz is a very smart attacker. He understands his positioning on the ice at an elite level, he's got a great release, and his ability to get into really good goal-scoring opportunities is just a constant thing in his game. He's not exactly like the world's fastest skater, but he's very strong on his edges, and it allows him to sort of use himself as like a platform for scoring goals, which is a funny way to describe it, but that's kind of how I see it. He has like insane upper body strength and really good balance, which for an elite sniper is something that makes him a fairly unique threat. He's also got really great vision and passing, which occasionally you'll see in some of his highlight reels. It's a little bit like Patrick Laine, who could thread a really good needle when he wanted to, and it's certainly something that I think makes Lucius a really versatile threat. Now, uh, he has traditionally played as a center. I think a lot of people have projected him to potentially play as a wing and then maybe transition back to center. I think a lot of it will depend on what kind of game he has as a center and as a winger. You know, right now he's kind of working on the defensive side of things, which of course, if you're playing down the middle, you certainly have a lot more responsibility and you need to have really high IQ, which is something that Lucius seems to possess. Maybe not defensive IQ, but I think he's a very industrious player and he understands his positioning at an elite level. So if you can kind of translate that to maybe your man marking, 
your shooting and passing lane marking and a couple of other different aspects of the game, especially up the ice when you want to force turnovers, I think Lucius will be a really offensively skilled player with a, a decent two-way game. I don't think his defensive work will ever be at the level of somebody like Sean Couturier or something like that. I think he's going to be maybe break-even. But what you're really looking for from Chaz is pure goal-scoring ability. He has been hailed as one of the top goal scorers in this entire class, maybe the number one guy. And just watching a few of his highlights, it's easy to understand why. He just always seems to know where he needs to be on the ice at all times, and his offensive positioning in between defenders and around the slot area, it's, it's second to none. People were kind of talking about him in comparison to Kyle Connor, which I think there are some similarities in terms of Chaz's ability to match up effectively one-on-one -on -one with opposing skaters and then really outduel goalies. But I think he often differs because Kyle kind of relies on really explosive straight-ahead speed and then elusive edge work and, and really crafty stick handling to score his goals. Lucius is less interested in blowing by defenders so much as he is using his really strong frame and really solid balance to sort of glide into good positions. He's talked about improving his stride and getting faster, which is stuff that will happen over time, and it's one of the few things that you can actually work on and fix. What you often can't fix is like IQ and decision making, and that's kind of something that I think Lucius might be elite at. It sounds a lot like he's in the prophetic camp of being a really smart player and understanding the ice and the game at an intimate level, which would make for him a really deadly top six threat. It sounds like he is the exact kind of player that the Jets love to draft. I feel like he and Cole are going to fit in very nicely with the future of this Jets team, and I have to say, as far as the first round pick is concerned, Winnipeg kind of knocked it out of the park. Lucius seems like a, a, a true gem in the making, and it has a lot of the same hallmarks of last year's Perfetti pick. You know, both guys maybe had some knocks on their skating, but when it comes to elite offensive positioning, an excellent release, and all of the fundamentals to be an elite offensive forward, both of these guys have them in spades. Lucius kind of fell to the Jets a little bit. I felt like there were some other prospects who maybe got taken a bit earlier than they should have. Obviously, Chaz was kind of projected somewhere around, I don't know, like 10 to 15 range would probably be pretty fair. He went maybe a couple picks later than I was expecting, but Lucius coming to the Jets is a great thing. He's a Minnesota kid. He seems, you know, very much down to earth, the kind of player that Winnipeg loves. And when it comes to Winnipeg's ability to scout American players in their systems, I have to say the Jets are among the best at drafting American players in general. There are very few U.S. skaters that the Jets ever seem to miss on, and if I could even name them off the top of my head, I would. When it comes to, like, the, the higher round picks, I should say. Some of the deeper picks, you know, you don't always expect them to make it, but for the most part, when it comes to the guys at the top level, the Jets are pretty much a safe bet. Nate Smith seems to be coming along nicely. Um, of course, Lucius looks like a diamond in the rough. If you can even call it rough, I mean, he was a guy who's gone through quite a bit of adversity in terms of, like, physical ailments and stuff. I think he just had bone surgery recently and spent the past year or so recovering, but when he was finally able to play games again, he immediately scored something like 13 goals in 13 games. If there's one thing I felt like the Jets could really use in terms of forward talent, aside from, like, play-driving ability, it was elite finishing to pair with that. And Lucius looks like he'll have both abilities, so I'm, I'm very excited to see what he can do. He's got a really great set of tools, and I hope that his continued progression points him in the right direction into an elite Jets forward. There are some more picks after this, so we'll discuss those in just a moment. Before we go any further, though, I did want to tell you about why Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar on the market. Are you someone who loves protein bars? Are you tired of all of your favorite protein bars tasting like ash and dirt? Maybe you're ready for a change. And as a fellow protein bar appreciator, I can tell you that Built Bar is your best alternative. It's the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar, with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. It comes in several delicious flavors like salted caramel, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and so many other great flavors. 
Built Bar often releases very special limited edition, limited quantity flavors that once they're gone, they're gone for good. So stay tuned to their social media platforms and their website to make sure you never miss another flavor. As delicious as Built Bars are, they're even better for you. With most bars clocking in at around 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and 17 to 18 grams of protein. Built Bars are perfect for every lifestyle, whether you're looking to maintain or lose weight. Placing your order couldn't be easier. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Place your order today for the best tasting protein bar on the market. Welcome back to the uh, Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are recapping some of Winnipeg's uh, NHL draft moves from the 2021 draft. We talked about Chaz Lucius in a good amount of detail. Now it's time to talk about some of their other picks. And the second rounder that the Jets managed to acquire is Nikita Shiprakov. And Nikita is actually a fantastic get in the second round. I think he's a very talented forward. He's a very elusive winger with great hands, great vision. Again, like Lucius, a really high offensive IQ. He's somebody who understands how to get into really good shooting positions, and he loves using his release. He was ranked as the top Russian skater in this draft, and was actually considered by some to be a first-round talent, somebody that, if a team was willing to be a little bit risky, could take an earlier flyer on him. Most draft rankings probably had him either at the tail end of the first round or at the highest in the middle of the first round. So the Jets getting him a bit into the second round is frankly something of a steal. Shibitakov has a lot of interesting traits. I think he's a very central attacker. He seems to love getting towards the slot area, and he really loves to close the distance to the net, which in my opinion is a really great attribute, especially for somebody who wants to be a constant creator. He's someone who just wants to be a really versatile threat all around the net. Even if his passing and shooting aren't at like the elite, elite level of the world's best prospects, he's someone who's still very, very good, probably projecting somewhere as like a middle six forward. On the defensive side of things, I've seen some very interesting mixed messaging. Some people think that he doesn't really defend well at all. Others like Josh Tesler of Smart Scouting think that he actually has pretty good defensive positioning and awareness, in part because he wants to force turnovers and push the uh, push the counters back up the ice. This is something that a lot of Jets forwards tend not to do at all, which I, I think is actually a very good trait. You know, pressuring the puck carrier, looking to create offense out of your defensive actions, that's something that Winnipeg often kind of skips. If Nikita even brings some of that level of compete, I think it would be great. He's a little bit smaller, so he's not going to be winning like a ton of physical challenges and body checks, but in terms of being somebody who likes to be a pest and essentially harass puck carriers into mistakes, that seems to be something he loves to do. And while his top gear maybe isn't uh, you know, at the world's fastest level, I think he's got very good skating, he's got powerful strides, and he can cut outside-inside very quickly, especially against a defender. The only thing with him is that because he doesn't have like the world's most explosive top gear and he is a smaller forward, I could see instances where maybe defenders who are on the larger side can sort of box him out a little bit, but he's still got plenty of time to season himself and it sounds like he's doing pretty well over in Russia so far. Um, Very good value pick. I think that Winnipeg hit a home run on this one. This guy has a lot of talent. He could be an offensive menace in front of the net or to the sides. And a lot like Lucius, there's quite a bit of offensive IQ there. Somebody who, again, understands elite offensive positioning and loves to get into really dangerous areas around the slot. I'm pretty excited to see what he'll bring, and we'll probably get to see him in a couple of years. I don't think he's going to be that imminent unless things change rapidly, but the KHL is a tough league, so he'll have plenty of time to develop if he stays there for a couple seasons. Getting deeper into the draft, we have in the third round, Dimitri Kuzman. And Kuzman's probably one of the more intriguing picks the Jets have made, in part because I I actually was not aware of him at all. He has been scouted by a number of different agencies, and Kuzman seems to be pretty decently liked for a couple of reasons. 
For one thing, he loves to be a really creative stick handler. He doesn't have, like, you know, Kyle Connor matchup skills, but as a defender with really good vision passing and a pretty good stick awareness, it allows him to get into dangerous offensive positions, and he likes to lead transition up the ice. He doesn't have, again, like a really explosive top gear in skating, and his mobility sideways and backwards can be a bit of an issue, especially in defensive positioning. But when he's allowed to carve through the neutral zone and the offensive zone, there's a lot to like with his game. I think he loves getting out wide into the wall areas. I feel like he might be a very aggressive puck carrier once he's crossed the blue line, which is, of course, a skill set the Jets really don't have much of. I think Kuzmin could be an interesting power play option, maybe somebody that you use uh, as a more offensively-minded defender in terms of dropping really deep into the offensive zone, getting to the goal line, and applying pressure on opposing puck carriers, or just creating more offensive pressure for your linemates. His offensive zone positioning seems to be very sharp. He's got really good puck handling. He's got pretty good vision and seems to have a good awareness around him when he's inside the opposing end. But where he starts to have issues is when he's defending. He is good at picking off passing and shooting lanes a little bit ahead of time, especially when he's closer to the neutral zone. But I did notice that when he's in his own end, if he starts to make the wrong read or maybe has a step against him made, I feel like his chase after ability is very limited, in part because his agility and again his backward skating just aren't great. Uh, you know, he does have a good ability to turn quickly, but once he makes the turn, he then has to chase after people, and he just doesn't really catch up. Because he's a smaller guy, he often doesn't really win physical battles either. So what you're looking from him is when he makes that initial aggressive read to either pick off the puck and force a turnover, or apply pressure early with body positioning, he needs to make that first win immediately. Otherwise, the opposing forward is probably around him and already gone. He's definitely one of the more longer-term prospects, but Kuzmin has a lot of upside, and I feel like Winnipeg again swung for the fences and did pretty well on this one. The last player the Jets drafted in the fifth round is Dmitry Roshevsky, and Dmitry is another interesting player, somebody who was a double-overager. Um, I think he's been passed over in a couple of drafts, if I understand it correctly, and Roshevsky is... What seems to be a very industrious playmaker, not somebody who has like a lot of elite offensive tools or anything. He's got very clean, strong stick handling, a good ability to accelerate around opposing defenders and grind into the corners. He knows how to put pressure up the ice on opposing puck carriers, and he definitely wants to keep moving constantly to create space. I, I think he also has pretty good passing and vision from what I've been able to find of him. I didn't get too many opportunities to see like an elite release or anything, but his shooting seems like fine enough. I feel like he's the kind of player that projects more as like a third line or a fourth liner. Not, you know, maybe somebody with like really elite high upside, but if you want to take a punt on somebody who might be capable of crossing the pond sooner rather than later and has like a really high work rate in terms of offensive creation, especially in the slot, Roshevsky might be a, a worthy addition. I don't know if he is the kind of player I would bank on making the Jets anytime soon. Maybe he crosses over, joins the Moose implies his trade there, but if he does work his way up and eventually joins the Jets as like a third or a fourth liner, that pick is a home run and the Jets get a huge win. I don't know how projectable he is into a role beyond a depth player, but I think Ryshevsky could play a role. Certainly we love when the Jets get, you know, pretty decent guys like Andrew Kopp and Adam Lowry into the fold, and if he can join that sort of pantheon of really skilled players who can also play a defensive role, I'd be happy with that. After that, the Jets didn't have any other picks, but I think that they had a really good draft, and overall, if I had to assign like a letter rating, I'd give it an A-. minus. I think Winnipeg swung for the fences in terms of skill, in terms of where they drafted the players that they took. You know, Lucius and Chiprikov are both great value picks. I think Winnipeg did really well. Kuzman's a fun one. Rusevsky might be an NHLer down the road. As they say, not too shabby. Now, in terms of next year's draft, Winnipeg is actually going to be without a second rounder and, in the following season, another second rounder. And you'll find out why in just a moment. 
Before we go any further though, here's why BetOnline.ag should be the only place you do your online betting. In the wild, wild west of online bets, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. That's why you should look no further than BetOnline. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, NFL, UFC, MMA, and every sport in between. No matter what you're into, BetOnline has your back. Before that next pitch or face-off, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and scout all the contests for your next win. Stop sitting on the sidelines as all of your favorite teams begin their playoff quests for glory. Win as your favorite teams win. To get started, go to BetOnline.ag and register for a free account, and be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a matched 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON at registration to receive a matched welcome bonus when you make your very first deposit at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are closing out tonight with some announcements about some recent deals the Jets have made. They have brought back Paul Stastny for one year at $3.75 million, which, you know, for a one-year contract isn't terrible. It's a little bit expensive maybe, but, you know, in terms of securing your second-line center, having Stastny back is certainly very valuable. He's a well-liked veteran. He's very versatile, helps the Jets in a lot of different areas on the power play at even strength, all that stuff veteran experience, yada, yada, yada. I think the biggest thing is that the Jets just don't really have an immediate replacement, so it gives Cole Perfetti a little bit more time, and Dubois as well. PLD probably at some point will assume the mantle of second-line center, but until that time happens, Stastny can anchor that role and move up and down the lineup as need be. The more intriguing trade, though, is Winnipeg trading for Brendan Dillon from the Washington Capitals in exchange for a 2020 second and 2023rd second-round pick. So you've got two second-rounders for a guy at 3 by 3.9 million per season. Dylan is an interesting one for me because I feel like his value is as a second-pairing defender, so his current contract price is actually very fair. I feel like what you're looking for from him is pretty decent shooting instincts and very good defensive work. Overall, his value is definitely firmly in the second-pairing category. He's not going to be like a lead number one, but in terms of a big, strong physical defender that you can pair with somebody like Neil Pionk to settle down that second-pairing, you really couldn't ask for a more ideal partner. In terms of the price, it's a little bit pricey. I feel like the Jets maybe could have spent a bit less, but I I don't mind it. We've been clamoring for some kind of a top 4D for a while now, and Dylan actually fits that role nicely. I don't think he's the world's most amazing blue liner, but in terms of what the Jets need, he's perfect. Insofar as you have perfect without acquiring somebody like Dougie Hamilton, you know, we have to understand the Jets are going to be working with limited means. They're not going to be bringing in some really high-end free agent. They're going to look for guys at the margins who are good value and maybe not like super, super expensive. Where things get a little bit weird, though, is now the Jets have a lot of left-handed D, and one of them is going to have to be moved. I know that Heinola probably starts with the Moose. Of course, he does need ice time at some point, but it seems like he's going to be part of the logjam. And so I look at Andrew Kopp and Logan Stanley. Kopp, of course, is a restricted free agent looking for something like $4.5 million plus over multiple seasons, which for a, a middle six center is it's pretty okay, but um, I don't know if I want to bank on Kopp's production being at this level going forward. I would normally say yes, but he is kind of uh, on the older side, I would say, and I feel like his his value is certainly very high for the Jets, but I don't know if if Winnipeg can really bring him back on a long-term deal. His trade value is super high, so I might actually investigate moving him first instead, because you can also pair him with Logan Stanley. 
And I feel like Stanley's trade value right now is super inflated. Maybe protecting him in the draft is going to fool a bunch of teams into thinking that he's this really high potential guy who you can use in your top four down the road. I think we all know Logan Stanley probably projects as like a third pairing D, but maybe other teams see something in him that I, I personally don't right now. And if you take these two guys who have really high trade values, you could probably get a really decent forward to plug into your top six. I kind of circle back to Brock Besser. We've talked about it in some of my Twitter group chats that I've been uh, involved with. I know a lot of people have talked about it on Twitter publicly. It just seems like there is some congruency in a fit between these two teams. You know, Vancouver's probably going to be looking for like some sort of big physical defender like they always do. They seem to really love these guys. And then you've got Andrew Kopp, who's a strong physical center that can provide a two-way defensive impact for their team, which I'm sure they would absolutely love. And then in exchange, Brock Besser comes to the Jets and cements himself as a really good break-even playmaker who also possesses a super lethal shot. He can be more of a play driver than what we're seeing with guys like Kyle Connor, even if his total on-ice impact maybe is a bit more modest than what you would expect from like a first or a second liner. Brock is a bit of a gamble, but I feel like if you've got two expiring assets with really inflated trade value, Besser is the kind of gamble that I would be 100% willing to take. If you have to package a pick or something in it, I I think you do it all day. You know, Besser coming to the Jets would be fantastic. I think that there is a natural need for a really skilled winger who can be a great finisher without really hurting Winnipeg in his own end. And Besser himself needs a change of scenery. So in a lot of ways, I think it's a match made in heaven. I think the Jets have the assets to make the deal. I would be curious to know if they would be interested in something like that. But if they are, Winnipeg would be living high off the hog. Despite exposing DeMello, the Jets have managed to survive thus far and actually had a really good draft. So thus far, the offseason has been very successful. Bringing in Dylan and getting Stastny back certainly helps fortify their team even more. They make one or two more moves. And overall, I would have to say this offseason could be considered a success. Let me know what you think of Winnipeg's adjustments so far at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Maybe we'll talk about your fan feedback on a future episode. For tonight's show, though, that will do it. Before you log off, don't forget to check out one of our really great basketball fan-oriented things that's going on right now, which is the live NBA Draft Show. NBA Draft Goat Chad Ford, Locked On NBA Draft host Raphael Barlow, and Locked On NBA host John Corrales will be live this year covering the NBA Draft. It's Locked On NBA Draft 2021 brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow Locked on NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern. As always, thank you so much for listening. Enjoy our future content and the Locked on Live NBA Draft Show. And as always, have a great one. Go Jets go.